And now it's time for the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, featuring health news, opinion, and insight from Wesley Chapel's concierge medicine physician, Dr. Tommy McElroy. Hi, this is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. Uh, this is Tracy. I'm the clinic coordinator and nurse at Echelon Health. Today, I have Dr. Anahita Azarian with Magnolia Plastic Surgery Center. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And we also have Dr. Tommy here, too. Thank you for joining us. I'm so, engineering today. Yes. So Dr. Um, uh, Anahita Azarian was here about a month ago, but we're going to recap about uh, where she went to school, where she um, grew up before we begin talking about uh, facelifts, Botox, and fillers. I grew up in Tampa Bay area. I went to Gaither and USF. I did my medical training down in Fort Lauderdale, and I did the, my surgical and plastic surgery training in uh, Philadelphia. Since then, I worked in New York City, and then I decided to move back to Tampa. All right. How long have you been back in Tampa? I came back in 2013, and I was in the process of setting up my own practice, and we opened up in end of 2014. Okay, good. Um, so last month, we talked about um, breast augmentation, mm-hmm. liposuction. What else did we talk about? Tummy, Tummy tucks. Tuck. Um, so today, we're going to talk about Botox, fillers. I don't really quite know the difference between the two, and facelifts. So with Botox, let's talk about that first. What is the chemical that is in Botox? Botox is actually botulinum toxin, um, botulinum toxin A. All it does is that it prevents your muscles from moving. So the areas of the face that we put it in is usually the forehead, the glabella, which is the, the 11 lines you get between your eyebrows, and the crow's feet. Um, you weaken these muscles so they can't keep making the same expression over and over, which what is what produces the lines in your forehead and the crow's feet and makes you look angry. Um, fillers, on the other hand, they fill in lines. So the parentheses lines around the mouth, um, the corners of the mouth as we age, it kind of droops downward. There are different consistency of fillers, different types of fillers. You fill in cheeks um, to give it more volume and give it more youthful look. Is Restylane well, a filler? Restylane is a filler. There are different types of fillers. They're hyaluronic acid, most of them that we like to use. So if it's something, they, they're not permanent. They usually last about six months, six to nine months, um, or sometimes up to a year. And there are some that last up to two years, depending on which one you use. Uh, so they do require maintenance, but it's excellent because first, you get to see if you like it or not. And second, if you do, you can come back and do it. If not, it goes away on its own. It's not harmful. It's something that when it dissolves, your body absorbs it. It exists in your body anyway. So with Botox, how often can you do it? Botox. Every three to four months, you do Botox. So if it's a man, usually they have stronger muscles. It may wear off a little sooner or it's your very first time doing it or if you have very deep lines because you've been making the same expressions over and over for many years, um, it may wear off a little bit sooner. But so our recommendation is usually if you see things are starting to wear off, come in for a treatment because when you are on a scheduled treatment, then you're not starting from zero point zero again. And each time it may last a little bit longer, but usually about three to four months. And let's say um, someone gets them right through. You said this is called the glabella. Glabella. Mm-hmm. How many cc's would a person get right through here? Um, we go usually by units. A lot of places they price them differently, but we go by units. The recommendation okay. is that you put 20 units there. So we always go by the recommendation and preparation that the company recommends for the best results. All right. You obviously see more men, I mean, more women than men. Usually more women, but now 
nowadays men are very much um, paying attention to their appearance, so our male population is actually increasing. It's an in-office procedure. It takes not even 10 minutes to do it. Um, there's really no downtime. Obviously, there's always a potential for bruising or whatnot, but you, when you leave there, you look like you have little mosquito bites, which within an hour, it goes away. No one ever knows you did anything. Okay. What are some of the uh, side effects, potentially, of Botox? Side effects, um, if you, well, there's two things. One is that nowadays with Groupon and a lot of things that you see or a lot of people, um, including non-plastic surgeons, are doing Botox, um, you have to make sure it's FDA approved because there's a lot of third-party companies that do um, sell Botox at a cheaper price. And that's why when people come to our office, they're like, oh, I can get it for X amount of dollars. That's really not... Um, purchased directly from the companies and that's why they're able to do you don't know what other preservatives are in there if you ever have a reaction to it it is a toxin so there's always a potential for reaction but it's extremely low if it's done properly Um, the other thing is that because it actually um, prevents the movement of the muscle if they put it too low or not correctly you can always risk dropping an eyebrow or kind of looking a little bit off Mm. but the great thing about it is that it goes away on its own. Well, I worked with a neurologist uh, for many years, Sarah and we used to, um, she would inject so the MS patients. Mm-hmm. The first have, I know you're cosmetic, but have you um, done that before? We can do it for um, TMJ. It's an off-label use, mm-hmm. but I have done it, and also it's approved for migraines, so a lot of neurologists do it, mm-hmm. but it's something that can be done. Um, a lot of urologists also use it for um some of the issues. So it has multiple indications to use. Some are still not fully approved, but we do have the um, capability as physicians to kind of use it that way. For a migraine, where would you inject? For a migraine, it's along the forehead, back of the neck. Um, there are various pos- uh, points of tension that you injected to relieve that tension. Some You have to have um, certain criteria to be able to qualify for that. Um, but a lot of patients get a uh, relief from it. Also for TMJ, a lot of patients, they opt to do that instead of surgery and they get quite a bit of relief from it. And after a few treatments, some patients have actually found out that their TMJ has improved to a point that it doesn't bother them as much. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi there, this is Dr. Tommy McElroy. You didn't go to medical school so you could fill out paperwork. Got into medicine because you wanted to help people. You want to make a difference. You want to heal and connect with your patients. Atlas MD is the EMR that will help you get to where you always wanted to go. Learn how to transition your practice to direct care and learn more about Atlas MD EMR at atlas.md. That's A-T-L-A-S dot M-D. Okay, so we're back with Dr. Anahita Azarian and Dr. Tommy. Um, let's talk a little bit more about fillers. Tell me um, when um, you would do a filler versus Botox, because I think I'm still confused a little bit about about the two. So um, the areas that you want the muscle not to move, and it's okay for it not to move, like forehead, crow's feet, the 11 lines between the eyebrows, you use Botox. It prevents the muscles from moving. The areas that you obviously want movement, like around your mouth, because you need to speak, eat, drink, Mm -hmm. um, you put fillers in to fill in those lines. So you never put Botox around your mouth because then... Oh, you don't? No. I have this little tiny line right here. Can you see it? So I would do a filler. You will do a filler. Yes. Because then otherwise when you drink, everything's going to come out. Oh, okay. Basically, Botox paralyzes. 
Okay. You uh, see some of these uh, movie stars, they have the face that looks like a, like a, like John Kerry, for instance, mm-hmm. our esteemed uh, Secretary of State. He has this face that looks like it doesn't move at all, like he has a neurologic disorder. Is Can you do Botox so much that eventually you, your muscles are done, basically? They No, they're never done, but um, I think that they actually do a lot of other things along with it. Uh, some people like a little bit more movement than others. Some people mm-hmm. like the frozen look. So that all depends on how oh. much product you put but it, in. But when you see these movie stars that have this face that looks like it doesn't it's move, a that's really, reversible. It's a really tight facelift, probably. Yeah. Oh, okay. A facelift, maybe. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It's a very tight facelift. So, so with everything, you want to look natural. You don't want to look... I mean, mm-hmm. it's impossible to make a 70-year-old look like they're 20. So mm-hmm. you want to improve what you have rather than look completely odd that people are staring at you not for a good reason but for a bad reason <laughs> tell Excuse us me. about facelifts facelifts are you know people think of cosmetic surgery or plastic surgery that's probably the top of mind that they have as a facelift it sounds like this huge dramatic surgery but it's actually you're just kind of fine-tuning the uh the facial anatomy really it's not like it's not that dramatic is it? yeah so traditionally facelifts that you see with the older movie stars the idea was just to pull the skin really tight and you know the incisions are extensive the recovery is not that bad usually within two weeks most people are presentable to go to um to be in public um as with any surgery it takes about six months or so for everything to settle in but Two weeks, they're pretty good to go. It's usually done under general anesthesia. In some older patients that have a lot of health issues, we are able to do it under local anesthesia with you know sedation. some sedation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but the idea of just pulling the skin so tight that you can't even move anymore—it's um, not. It's an old-fashioned idea. So we do um, do the facelift, but now what we're realizing is that as we get older, we lose volume. And that's where all the fillers and mm-hmm. fat grafting and things like that come in. So in conjunction with the facelift, you also want to fill in volume. Because if you look at your pictures from 10, 20 years ago, you notice that you're losing volume in your face and everything is going down. So you want to address both components. Now, when you do a face, tell us how you would do a facelift. Do you really cut around the outside of the face? It's depend on what they need. If it's a mini facelift, it's usually behind the ear. It includes the neck as well. It goes all the way behind the ear. A mini facelift includes the neck? It, or no? Um, if they want a neck lift. But usually you have to extend it to a little bit behind the ear. If it's a full neck lift, it goes all the way to the back of hairline. In women, it's easy to... Um, hide it because usually we have long hair men you have to be a little bit more careful with that Um, if it's a full facelift this incision can extend anywhere to the side of the ear all the way up to where the sideburns are um, or by the temple area a forehead lift is the one that most people think about that it's across the top of the head and that's to give a brow lift which addresses a different component than the rest of the face what type of person would be the best candidate for a facelift i mean that's a very broad thing to say but if if someone's at home like maybe i should get a facelift what are the things is it it, when your face is kind of drooping and i mean they have to have enough skin laxity to be pulled if somebody is really overweight um, they're not a really good candidate for facelift, but if somebody has lost weight or aging process, it is because you're you need to be able to pull that skin. And sometimes with pa- uh, with patients I've lost all the weight, you see that extra skin through here. Right, a lot of people jawline. they have this jawline that it's an overhang because the gravity pulls is not necessarily down; it's at an angle. So if you look at everybody that's aging, the first spot they see is right here, so mm-hmm. that you can get a little lift. But the most important thing is that for them to be not uh, to be a non-smoker. 
Okay, because um, the, the, the healing is very important. The healing and that skin will not survive and you end up turning something that's supposed to be pleasant and for it. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it's unnecessary, but it's something that's supposed to be good. You turn it into a complete mess. Who are some famous people who've had facelifts that have been had a dramatic change that you think is a, a good change? Let's see. I mean, Joan River had a lot of facelifts. Hers wasn't that bad. I mean, do you know who he is? Yeah, I, I know. He looks he like he's had a I facelift. His eyes are really tight. Clint Eastwood looks like he had a facelift, or at least he had his Clint eyes Eastwood done. Is not looking so good. But well, he has Clint Eastwood. Um, the, who's the Rocky guy? That's oh, Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester oh, Stallone. yes, he does look... Well, he's yeah. aging. I don't know how old he is now. But Clint Eastwood had his... You know, he was very famous for having these uh, high, hanging, uh, you know, kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over, so he had this actually... You could tell he had an eye lift. Yep. And uh, now he, he doesn't look as distinctive as he did, but he probably did it for a good reason. I mean... I'm sure he couldn't see at some point. Yeah. Because, I mean... There's a fine line with the eyes. There's a fine line between becoming medically necessary and not being medically necessary. Mm-hmm. And um, there are actually p- people that... When they as they get older, the skin is so heavy that when they talk to you, they're constantly trying yeah, to raise their eyebrows just so they can mm-hmm. see, and that can become an issue when That's they're tosis, driving. Right? Mm-hmm. When they're mm-hmm. driving or not, and it has different components you have to address. Sometimes it's a muscle issue, sometimes it's it's a skin issue. Now, if someone um, comes in and has a facelift, let's say they're fifty years old, they mm-hmm. get a facelift. Would you do on someone that young, or is it generally? It's not an older? age thing; it's more of a candidate thing. So okay. we would have to evaluate them and see if they meet the criteria to do it. Okay. These days, um, a lot of times with all the non-invasives like fillers and Botox, the aging process, people are able to push it back a little bit more. All right, um, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Echelon Health is a concierge medicine practice. So what's included with Concierge Medicine membership? Well, all office visits and procedures are included. Also, our patients access wholesale pricing on labs and medications. They communicate with the doctor and staff through text, email, and cell phone. They also enjoy same-day or next-day appointments, all for one yearly fee. Echelon Health is medical care for a modern lifestyle. Join us online at tampadirectcare.com to learn more. And thank you for joining us today. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and I have Dr. Anahita Azarian and Tracy Hull as our host today. And uh, we're talking about facelifts, Botox, fillers, and uh, we're here with the Persian goddess of water. Is that right, Dr. Anahita? That's what it is. Yeah. So tell us, uh, <clears throat> we talked about facelifts, we talked about uh, fillers, we talked about uh, Botox. Where does uh, rhinoplasty fit in? Uh do you do that as well in, in conjunction with the facelift, or is that completely separate? It's a completely separate thing. Usually facelift patients are older patients. Um, rhinoplasty patients are usually younger patients that either they don't like it, the size of their nose or there's a hump there that they don't like, various reasons that they want to change it. Um, there's always a possibility of having a breathing issue with it as well, which that's a, the septum that needs to be addressed, not just for aesthetics. You know who had a rhinoplasty that turned out really, really well is, um, oh, what's her name? I think Salma Hayek had a rhinoplasty. Salma Hayek did? And uh, the younger... Nose. Um, not, uh, no, uh, Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz did? Oh, she her had a very prominent... Different. That's kind of her trademark. But she did? I mean, I don't know, but I noticed her like um, on some of the later films, like uh-huh. in the last several years, and I was like, her nose looks different. Who was the one that was married to the Nick Lachey? It's Jessica Simpson. Oh, Jessica Simpson. Her sister, her little sister had a face. Yeah. Or a nose job. Looked nose good. job. Can't remember her name. Yeah, Salma Hayek did, and I, I confused her, her with either. Penelope Cruz. I mean, it was never documented, but her nose looks different. If you go back in the really, really old movies and mm-hmm. the more recent ones, it looks a little different. She also had a breast augmentation. 
I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah. Of course, he paid attention. <laughs> you know what? You know, Jennifer, Aniston, Jennifer Aniston supposedly had a nose job too. Oh yeah, I don't know. You know what though? As far as you know, surgeries. We, we know all talk, about these celebrities. In sports medicine, you know, one of the good surgeries I say is a good surgery because it's very effective. It's like a hip replacement mm-hmm. or a knee replacement, if done right in the right candidate, it's a very effective surgery. But I think from a cosmetic standpoint, if you do a a rhinoplasty on someone who quote needs it you know they want mm-hmm. a different looking nose that's one of the most dramatic things i think is changing that nose and it's, it's it is because it's the center of the face it's very dramatic i mean it, th- that's why it makes it kind of important that if it's because it's um aesthetic and because it's not medically necessary when you replace a hip it needed to be replaced mm-hmm. um it's you need to set really, really realistic expectations. You cannot bring a photo in and say, I want my nose to look like right. that because we're all different individuals. There's going to be some components. And I think, in my opinion, the best ones are the ones that refine what you have because you want to keep some degree of individuality with it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to look like a cookie cutter. Does anyone come in and have unrealistic expectations? There are people that come in and mm-hmm. bring photos in and they want to have this person's nose. And I mean, you're not that person. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. What are some of the new things that are coming out in uh, plastic surgery or cosmetics? Anything new? Um, There's a lot of non-invasive procedures that are coming out, a lot of machines. Um, What about these vampire facelifts? What is that about? I mean, you're you're injecting plasma-rich... Mm-hmm. Um, platelets in so it does have some value to it there's also the we idea do that of, in sports medicine for like cuff tears and things like that so what do you use it for in cosmetics um just facial rejuvenation some does people see yeah some people do see a difference with it again it all depends on your body's ca- uh, capacity and one person may um, respond to it much better than the next person so it is you have to take it with a grain of salt it's not a it's not let's say like a breast augmentation that you put an implant in and every flat chest the person is gonna have cleavage Mm -hmm. or like a tummy tuck that every single person is going to have a flat stomach so it is a little bit different because you are relying on your body's response is this the same as the prp that you're referring to Mm -hmm. oh okay yeah so prp is a platelet rich plasma so you draw off the patient's own blood then you spin it down and then you draw off the uh the the remaining well the the serum i guess it's Mm -hmm. serum and then you you inject it they use it for they use it for hair loss, all kinds of things. Some of the stuff is not approved here, but I know overseas they take that, they mix it with um, uh, co- some components, I think calcium and some other things, and they re-inject it, and it's supposed to be very effective. I know people that have done it, and it's been very effective, but unfortunately, things like that, we don't have access to it here because it's not approved yet. You know, okay. the funny thing is, is, you're saying hyaluronic acid is that what's in uh, fillers. Mm-hmm. That's what we. That's what Uflux is. Right. When we yeah. inject the patient's mm-hmm. knee, we inject them with hyaluronic acid. It's just processed differently. Yeah. It's a different uh, molecular weight of it, uh-huh. but that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. They're actually in Europe, they're using it for, um, instead of the buttock augmentation, that here mm. we use fat, mm. they're using that. Do you remember the thing in the in the news, it's probably been five years now, there's a lady who was, a lady who was a doctor who was using industrial silicone, mm-hmm. like from Lowe's, to, yeah. and people were letting her do it, like in hotels. It is very, a lot of people, unfortunately, price shop. I always tell everyone, if it's too cheap, then something's not right. right. Go somewhere else. And don't get your plastic surgery off Craigslist, maybe. Or in or somebody's a, hotel room. Right, yeah. Right. Thank you for coming in, Dr. Azarian. Okay, You're very welcome. Thomas. It was great to be here. <laughs> And uh, we look forward to, uh, we're going to do some joint work together where we'll have patients come in and they'll meet with myself and uh, Dr. Azarian will go over some weight loss strategies and then uh, be able to kind of help them understand 
where they're going to go, you know, where they're starting at, and then where they can go with. Yeah, uh, I think that would be a great idea because it actually gives them a broad spectrum of you know how to get there, how to maintain it. Which is, you know, at the end of the day, you're doing all this to feel good about yourself, but you also want to be healthy Mm -hmm. to be able to enjoy this for an extended period of time and do it safely. Exactly, very important. And um, you know, we'll do it with Fit Club too, and then Tracy's in charge of Fit Club, so. And you're going to come to Fit Club? I am definitely going to come to Fit Club, absolutely. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. One of these days. All right. (laughs) He doesn't seem like he thinks you're coming, right? right. (laughs) Has he seen me walk past and just wave at you guys to get in my car? You said you get winded bringing in saline down the hall. (laughs) What? (laughs) Do you know how many people walk by? They see us every Monday and Thursday. And when it was cold, they said, oh, we're going to come when it's hot. And now that it's hot, it's too hot. It's too hot. We're going to come when it's cold. I'm like, we're never going to see you at Fit Club. All right. Well, thank you for coming in, Dr. Azarian. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, until next time, this is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. And if you'd like to hear more, Ask Dr. Tommy, uh, go to iTunes. That's the easiest way. Also, that's the easiest way to get the new uh, episodes. And you can also see us, obviously, on AskDrTommy.com. We also have a, a plethora of uh, co- commentary there. We have a physician's tab to help physicians learn how to uh, do a direct care membership medicine. We also have a, a patient's tab. So if you're a patient and you want to uh, find out how to find a doctor who does membership medicine. And then we also have a, an Amazon store. We have all kinds of different things there. So check it out. This is AskDrTommy.com and this is Ask Dr. Tommy Show. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. For more show news and information, go to AskDrTommy.com. And be sure to follow Dr. Tommy on Facebook at Echelon Health and on Twitter at Tampa Direct Care. To learn more about Echelon Health Concierge Medicine Practice, visit Echelon Health online at tampadirectcare.com.